0: beyond the jargon, a jargon-free look at graduate students and their research journeys here at the University of Victoria. Beyond the Jargon, thank you for joining me today. I'm your host, Liz MacArthur, and joining me in the studio is Dan Dan Huang. Thank you for being here today.
1: Thank you for having me. I
0: know, you're doing your PhD in computer-human interaction, is that
1: correct? It's in computer science department, but the field we call computer, like, uh, human-computer interaction.
0: And so what does that mean exactly? I guess it, I feel like it's more complicated than just me typing into the keyboard and getting my computer to do things.
1: Well, actually, I would say it's kind of like overlap between the computer science domain and the psychology domain. Sometimes we deal with some social uh, interaction as well. Mm-hmm. So we, the in focus of our work is to say how people interact with the technology side. Mm-hmm. So for traditional, people understand computer science programming mm-hmm. algorithm or those really hardcore part. And traditionally in psychology, it's like what happened inside of like the person. Mm-hmm. So we are trying to say, okay, what is the gap between these two parts? How we connect these two parts, like bridge these two parts? How people interact with the computer, interact any information system? Mm-hmm. And then in that way, we could design better systems or design better tools for uh, people use.
0: Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. The the designing better systems and better tools. I uh, last summer was reading a lot about um, the future of things like smartphones and stuff like that and people critiquing yep. how it's just like your finger tapping mm-hmm. things and wanting it to be maybe a different experience for people like involving I don't know, I, I don't even know, but they were, they were critiquing that, uh, that even though we have very sophisticated looking things, often it is just that finger tapping a glass screen. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you're thinking about when you're thinking about better systems for people? Well,
1: for example, uh, there are two, uh, like, kinds of input parts for in terms of uh, smartphone. One is physical board, like the BlackBerry things, and one is a touch board. And we could say, okay, which way people would be more efficient in terms of uh, input for example input messages sentences and which way people would feel like more uh, fun Mm -hmm. because like in terms of different tasks people want to type in email more efficiently but on the other hand um, people want to play with some games, like the uh, Angry Bird or Flatbird or something. They would like trying to have some fun with the mobile device as well.
0: Okay, so you're looking at both efficiency and like enjoyable.
1: Well, it's uh, like all the aspects of the technology part. Mm-hmm. So it's not just for efficiency or mm-hmm. just for fun. Cause it depends on the task as well and depends on the context as well. Mm-hmm. So currently, th- the project I'm working on is uh, for people how to use. Well, now people can access more and more data of their own. Mm-hmm. For example, they use smartphone to collect like, uh, physical activities, and people could access to the uh, meter data at home. So with what we want to see, how we design tools, uh, particularly for uh, like visualization tools, for people to understand their own data. Say, mm-hmm. okay, I didn't do enough exercise today. Uh, what I'm supposed to do? Maybe go to gym tomorrow, mm-hmm. or uh, if you sit in front of computer for a long time, maybe I should get up and get stretch.
0: Mm-hmm. How did you become interested in all of this? Do you have a computer science background or psychology background?
1: Actually, my undergrads uh, was in engineering, deal uh, with like the circuits, um, network network algorithm or things like that, hmm. and then I realized, okay. It's more like uh, something inside of black box, but I want to see actually what this does for people, like how people use our work. So then I heard of uh, this field, human computer interaction, back in two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. So I said, "Oh, this is what I want to do." Right. So I talked to my uh, supervisor and say, "I want to switch to this field."
0: Um. Has computer uh, human-computer interaction been going on for a long time? F- I feel like this is probably something that we've wondered about as long as we've had computers, but maybe something that's getting more and more important to us as computers become more and more integrated into our lives.
1: Actually, the field has really long story, like has really long history already, but it's getting more important in the recent maybe ten years. Start like uh, in early two thousand, and people can like, uh, start, like, focus on this field, because something seems, like, ignored, but become more and more important.
0: So you started off in engineering. Did you take any time off in between your undergrad and then going to graduate school?
1: Not really. Actually, I took some time off between my master and PhD.
0: Mm, okay. And what did you do your master's in? Was that in com- human-computer interaction?
1: Uh, the first year of my master was in uh, network stuff, like, more close to the engineering part. And then the second year and third year, I switched to the human-computer interaction.
0: And then, uh, so you finished your master's and then you took some time off and started your PhD. Yeah. Right. What did you do in the meantime?
1: Uh, I worked uh, in the industry for a while.
0: hmm Did that enhance your understanding or change your ideas about, uh, about what you were doing? Because I, like, I feel like working in the industry and research can often be quite different.
1: Yeah, course. I feel like I need some like real-world experience. I mm-hmm. cannot just hide in school for the rest of my life. At least I need real-world experience. So mm-hmm. I uh, went to the industry, and I also want to see what's, uh, what the research is like mm-hmm. in the industry part.
0: So were you working for um, uh, like a computer firm, or what were you doing?
1: Yeah. Uh, I worked as um, like the development part for a while, and then I worked as interaction designer and mm-hmm. user researcher for a while as well.
0: Mm-hmm. And what was it like? What is the difference? Is it similar to working in the academy or?
1: Mm, totally different, yeah. I would say. In what way? Uh, the way people organize the work. They really have hard uh, time flow, and also the uh, process and protocol you have to follow. Which is different from
0: the hmm Did you um did you do your undergrad here at Uvic? Uh
1: no, I did my master here. Oh, okay. Where did you
0: go to school before? Uh, China. And did you wor- were you working in Canada or in China when you were taking your both. time off? In both. Yeah. Okay. Is there a different approach in China or here on the West Coast? We're sort of in a techie part of the of the country I feel like, but I feel like Asia is always sort of breaking new ground with electronics and stuff like that. Is Do you see a difference between the two countries or the research that's, the, that's being focused
1: on? Well, in terms of the field I'm working on, actually it's not too much uh, differences. Maybe people handle the uh, workflow would be a slightly different, but the main part would be pretty much the same. How we run user study, and how we uh, conduct the design process. Pretty much uh, follow the same process.
0: Right. Do you have like an end goal of what you want to accomplish or um, or see, is, are there things in human-computer interaction that you want to see change?
1: Chris now um, I feel like there is some gap between the academia and industry. Because from my part, I, well, this is cool. Well, we did something cool. We designed some really cool tools, but I really hope this could be used in real life. People use it, not just for paper, um, uh, like the poster or something like that. It's supposed to be in real use. This is what like, computer science different from the traditional science. And like the project I'm working now is more focused on on lower the adoption cost. the the adoption cost technology part so we're trying to find out what would be the efficient way to uh, make the technology more accessible for everyday people not just for uh, researchers or uh, domain experts
0: and and you want to actually see that be adopted
1: yeah do
0: do you think that um that it's likely it will or is there still that like a unbridgeable gap there
1: I think we are trying to move in that way. Mm-hmm. For example, the project I'm working on is trying to design this uh, feedback system, like the visualization uh, system, integrate with uh, people's uh, like personal information ecology part, uh, particularly with digital calendar. Like Some people, it, particularly now, a lot of people use digital calendar. And we say, okay, if we fit in some feedback system, integrate it, with the digital calendar, people would have more chance to see and since they are familiar with the tools that you use, Mm -hmm. and they would be more likely to adopt new things.
0: So when you're talking about, you know, not exercising enough the one day and needing to exercise more, needing to stretch, integrating that into their calendar, so their calendar pops up with something that tells them how to do that? Yep. Oh, I see. And because they're already using it, it would be easier for them. Yeah,
1: a lot of people now use digital calendar either for work or personal life, Mm -hmm. um, computer, uh, PC, laptop, mobile, tablet. Mm -hmm. So already, like, this is a... Ecosystem people already familiar with. So to make new technology more accessible, what if we put new things in the old stuff and combine them together? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So people would have uh, like more accessible and easier to use this new uh, kind of new tools.
0: Yeah that's interesting that you call it like an ecology of the information that people have it's an interesting way to think of it I mean I think it's pretty true there's I can't it scares me sometimes when I think about all my personal information that's like on my phone and in various yeah, social media yeah. things like that do you think um, I don't know do you think about privacy at all in your work does that come into it at all because I think that's something that's on a lot of people's minds lately
1: that's uh that's a really good question Um uh, hmm. Particularly for personal information, mm-hmm. privacy is a really, really important issue. But technology always like have to balance all the aspects, and we also and I believe there are some way people could have um like active control on their privacy. And I know a lot of work happening recently on the website, and say um, you like there are kind of open source projects and people want to say, Chris Google collects a lot of personal information. So there would be some work you can control whether I want to Google to collect my information this way or I have some way to protect my, either uh, prevent them scanning email, scanning my messages on Facebook or something.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. I had a friend once who, or one of... I- yeah, someone I know was telling me about writing um, Facebook messages to someone, and the, I don't even remember what they were talking about, but something pretty. Innocuous, just a stupid conversation about something. And he started getting messages saying that Facebook has th- thinks that this is inappropriate and that you shouldn't be able to talk on that. And I had no, <laughs> like, I, did, I didn't even know that they were, that there was that level of scrutiny of what was going through. I guess they're looking for keywords or something like that.
1: Does this help them to deploy the ads? So that that's why they scan like Google scan email, mm-hmm. uh, Facebook scan message, but there are something happening now. People trying to uh, have some focus on this part, while trying to say how we protect our privacy mm-hmm. actively. Even we using their service, but there is a way uh, technically we can solve this problem.
0: As somebody who, you know, you have a, like, fairly deep knowledge of this kind of stuff, do you think, do you ever shake your head at the way people share stuff online, or are you, do you use social media and stuff like that, or are you sort of... Mm. Unplugged. <laughs> I'm
1: not really addictive to uh, social network. For example, I check Facebook maybe once a month. Right? Oh, wow. <laughs> Twitter maybe once two, every two months. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I will say this is a trend. It's not like we want to uh, change it unpurposedly. Because like, the world is become smaller and smaller in this way. And even the social media have really good part. We cannot always say the bad part and ignore the good part.
0: I am as completely addicted to social media. And,
1: <laughs> and I just try and ignore the bad part because I'm like, oh, it's, it gives me
0: in contact with people and stuff. Yeah. So
1: what we want to do is, well, since the social media or other um, like system have the good part, how we uh, prevent the bad things to happen and make people enjoy, like, embrace a new technology.
0: You talked about wanting to... Ensure that you know the research that you do doesn't just stay in the academy and just become fodder for like papers. That it actually gets used. Do you think that there is? I mean, I've talked to different people in various departments about yeah. a disconnect between the real world and the academy. Um, do you think that that's a, a problem? And if so, is it getting solved gradually within your um, your department?
1: Compared to like traditional science, computer science maybe uh, has advantage in this way we are designing something really close to the real-life issues or trying to save the real-life problems Um, but I think it's based on the nature of academia of the focus of the academia so we are trying to uh, design some new approach new say uh, visualization new method but in industries like what is a practical way we make people use our product. So there's still some gaps in this way, even in computer science.
0: Yeah, you're part of a specific lab within computer science, right? Yep. What is that lab and and who works in it? And can you tell me a little bit about uh, what's uh, going on there? First,
1: we don't wear a white robe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the lab part, we, uh, it's a research lab mm-hmm. and we more deal with uh, interaction design, interface design part. So there are some interesting um, devices in our lab. Like there are two giant uh, tabletop, which is uh, like multi-touch uh, surface thing.
0: Oh, whoa. So uh, what does that mean? It seems like
1: the Microsoft Surface, the giant table, you can uh, play with uh, multi-touch oh.
0: interaction. So like a giant like giant. tablet kind of thing? Yeah, oh. but much
1: larger. Mm-hmm.
0: Like a table, whole table?
1: Yeah, like a ping pong table. Wow. Pretty much, yeah.
0: Hmm. And what do you do with that?
1: But, um, previously, like two years ago, I designed a uh, more like the music player. Like for example, people in party, they trying to uh, say, okay, what music we're supposed to play with for the party. And I use some like data mining algorithm and approach to find out out, out the similarity of different music. and so when the music display on the table, it would, would group by similarity. So say in a party people want to play one music and another people don't want to uh, make all people unhappy. so we choose a similar one.
0: Oh, So it looks for similar music.
1: So you can play with all the music tags and uh. we call it like music map. Play with a map and see, and it supports like multi-user as well because it's multi-touch based uh, tabletop.
0: Is it, it must be fun to work with these kind of like giant toys, I guess, in yeah, a lab, yeah. yeah. Huh.
1: But now my interest is more on the mobile device because it's well commonly used by most of people now, and we want to like my goal is make the technology more accessible. And so I want to trying to make use of this uh, flexible information ecosystem.
0: How far along are you in your PhD?
1: This is third year.
0: Third year. And d- how much longer do you predict you have left?
1: That was a bad question for PhD students. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 so you, do you don't know or?
1: Well, maybe two years-ish, but depends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, there are some unexpected issues always happened. Right. We were trying to run user study, uh, trying to make people... Be aware of their energy consumption at home. You know, BC Hydro replaces a, a smart meter for most of the houses and apartments. So while trying to use this data. We want to display this data in people's digital calendar. Oh. We actually prototype all the system, and the system is available. And then BC Hydro cannot release the data for some reason. Hmm. So then this is not expected.
0: Right. Beforehand.
1: So, so always have dynamic changing in the whole mm-hmm. thing.
0: So. so you were going to take the data from smart meters and put it in people's calendars so they could see basically yeah. how their hydro bill was adding and up. And
1: another way to use digital calendar, because you have all the kinds of events in a calendar, say work events or your personal appointments or your party schedule with friends. So somehow it could provide context for you to understand, oh, we are away from the house. Why there is a big spike happened during the day. Mm. So that's why we're trying to use this uh, power meter in with a digital calendar thing.
0: Um, but you can't because BC Hydro won't release the data.
1: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I say, okay, this may be one part of people's life. Another people's life is daily activity. People care about how like uh, how active they are because of uh, health issue. Mm-hmm. So then we'll say, okay, we are trying to use mobile device or uh, the Fitbit device. Now people a lot of use like the, the band.
0: Oh, is that like that Apple Watch or
1: the Nike band or something? But mm. they have sensor in it. It could monitor your physical levels. Oh yeah. Okay. So we're trying to use that part data as well, and also the mobile sensor as well. Because the uh, like smart meter, we can possibly uh, cannot work with that part. Mm. But, <laughs> but still, we maintain the same philosophy. is like I want to make it more accessible to everyday users. Like. We design things for experts, like domain experts, analysis, researchers. But I feel like the knowledge part should also benefit for a larger population, which is everyday users, you, me, and any one of us
0: Do you think that we're going to just continue to get more and more and more integrated with all of our devices? Like the band, which can measure your heart rate or physicality and our integrated calendars that are part of us. The Google Glasses that have come out. Yeah, I've heard of those. Do you think it will just continue to become more and more integrated? Or are people going to be fatigued eventually of having everything so, I don't know, monitored? Well,
1: I think the fatigue is not because we have so many ways to monitor ourselves. We have a lot of data. Actually, that's not a big issue. The big issue is now we have a lot of data. How can I understand it? Because I want to make sense of it. I want to get insights or knowledge from my data. So this is a big part. Mm-hmm. And of course, people want to say all the aspects of the data. Mm-hmm. But our work is like how to make it easy for people to understand, OK, why this happened? what I can do with myself
0: and what what parts of the data are actually useful I guess yeah
1: and then I can make maybe better decision
0: Uh, so we we sort of touched on your um on your lab I'm really interested in it. it sounds uh fascinating are there a lot of you working on similar projects within there
1: uh, I would say like diversity of projects. Uh, for me, I'm working on the like personal assistant uh, personal visualization. And another people are working on possibly like the designing schedules for like, like say span the uh, ferry. I have another people, uh, a few people working on design, uh, like the visualization system for intelligence analysis.
0: Intelligence analysis. Like for
1: the government, like FBI
0: Oh, thing. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Um, wow. Fascinating stuff. What do you think you'll do when you're done your PhD? Do you plan on staying and uh, doing academic research or going back into working into industry?
1: Oh, it depends on the opportunity. Uh, I enjoy research, but I also want to see the value of that research yeah. in the real world. So probably... Balance between this two part, I would say.
0: Now you mentioned that you had been working in industry before. Did you ever get to see something that you designed or worked on actually become integrated in stuff that people use every day?
1: Um, actually, we did some project uh, with a bank uh, in Vancouver and trying to replace their old workflow. Actually, which uh, cost a lot of time. Like. That- Usually in a business world, you know, people submit like Excel, Excel that Excel does. Mm-hmm. And there would be a lot of people trying to put all the Excel together and combine all the data. So what we did is we designed some uh, BI system so people directly can use the system to input all the like, uh, business figures. And in the business meeting, they can pull out the data right away. Don't have to integrate like thousands of Excel.
0: Right, right. Which, yes, probably is very time-consuming and yeah. <laughs>
1: difficult.
0: <laughs> Interesting. It feel, it must feel good to actually see the stuff you do get used. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, I want to thank you so much for coming in today and talking to me about your research. Thanks. Thanks, too. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Jargon. If you want to listen again, visit our website, cfuv.uvic.ca. The music you heard today is from Solar Mass Collective Volume 2, the song BOC by Kimchi Kitty.